0: Hello again. This is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast again. And again, if you like what you hear today, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star ratings and review. And you can find this also on YouTube at the REI Foundation or also at your Russi Holdings. Today, we are very excited for our guest. He's going to give us a ton of information about a topic that we haven't focused on before. So we're super excited for that. Scott Maurer of the Danta IRA Group. Scott, welcome.
1: Hey Jason, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it.
0: Great, and a little bit more about Scott. Scott Maurer is the director of business development for Advanta IRA. Advanta specializes in administering self-directed IRA and in retirement accounts. And Scott has worked for Advanta since 2006. And is a frequent speaker and lecturer on the topic of self-directed IRAs and using retirement funds to invest in real estate and other alternative assets. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we'll jump right into it. What is a self-directed IRA?
1: A self-directed IRA, I'm sure a lot of people listening to your podcast probably already somewhat familiar with one, but for those that are not, a self-directed IRA is a type of retirement account that allows you as the IRA owner essentially the from a broad perspective gain much greater control and, and, and access over your retirement funds and invest in things that you want to do. Um, so what we see a lot of people investing in with a self-directed IRA is simply using their IRA funds instead of putting it in a mutual fund instead of putting it in various stocks or, or a, a CD at a bank taking that money instead and investing it into alternative assets and the, the most of the alternative assets that we deal with are real estate-related assets. Someone either buying a single-family home uh, for a rental or rehab, uh, people lending money out of their IRA to some other third party or and, you know obviously investing into multifamily projects uh, and, and tax liens, many things beyond that. So what a self-directed IRA really is is just the ability for you to use your money within that IRA uh, construct and keeping the tax protection but investing in assets that you know, that you understand, that you can control. And again, a lot of our clients, probably 75% of the assets that we hold for our clients are real estate related. Um, again, sitting from a single family home to a multi-family project, that's what a self-directed IRA gives you. And what we do as an administrator is facilitate that type of an investment because your quote unquote self-directed IRA through a Schwab or Fidelity is only allowing you to pick from what investments they offer. But the IRS allows you to invest in quite a number of other different assets. And again, that's real estate, private placements, gold, silver. Uh, The only things you can't buy are life insurance or collectibles. So there's a really wide uh, berth of of different investments you can make. Uh, And that's what we do. And that's what a self-directed IRA is. You taking control and investing in things that you know and that you understand.
0: So if I had an IRA at Schwab and went in there and said, hey, I want to invest into a multifamily syndication, what would a general response from a larger company like that be?
1: you're going to get one of two responses to that question. Either one, we don't do it, which would be the correct response from the, uh, from the advisor or the, whoever you're talking to. They'll say simply, we don't hold that. We're only going to hold, you know, the mutual funds or stocks that you can buy, buy from us. Uh, every now and then you might even get an incorrect response to an extent of someone when, if you ask your advisor, I wanted to buy real estate with my IRA account. If they're not familiar with self-directed IRAs, they're going to tell you that to buy real estate with your retirement funds, you have to pull that money out, pay taxes, pay potential penalties to use that money in investing in real estate. Uh, and then again, if someone who doesn't take that next step to really investigate it further, that might be the stopping point. Uh, oh, I well, if I'm going to have taxes, I don't want to have to. I don't want to use that money then. But the correct response again is simply the fact you call Schwab, they're going to say we don't do it. If you want to make that type of investment, you have to find a custodian, um, and again, that's what Advanta does. A custodian is willing to hold that type of asset and once you've done that it's a simple tax-free transfer from your IRA account at Schwab to the IRA account that you open up with Advana so you can move money between the IRAs without any tax consequence and then subsequently once the funds are at Advana you tell us what you want to invest in and we make that investment again keeping your IRA tax
0: protected. And that's a huge point because even when we were going through this process, bringing some investors in that wanted to use their IRA, they were told that they can't without doing that exact same thing, withdrawing their money, paying taxes, just because the, uh, the, the group they were, they were with, with their IRA just was not versed in, in the entire investment strategy
1: right i mean most uh, a lot of advisors out there are they, they're brought up in one way of thinking to extend you you sell securities and you sell me they've never even heard of buying real estate an ira account so their assumption is well if you want to do that since since we can't hold that at schwab or at edward jones it must mean you're going to have to take a distribution from your ira which again is going to be a tax Uh, event to you and possibly a penalty as well. And in reality, all you're doing is simply choosing a different IRA provider. Uh, The same thing if you move from an Edward Jones to a Fidelity to take advantage of different investments, you're moving your IRA to Advana to be able to take advantage of the real estate opportunities that you have.
0: And when you're talking about use, of course, real estate is what we're going to focus on today. But you said you cannot, of course, invest in life insurance and collectibles. What would be collectibles?
1: Collectibles would include uh, artwork, antiques, uh, vintage coins or stamps are considered collectible items where the value real there is really no readily market uh, no readily available market value for those types of assets. So uh, life insurance collectibles, the other thing, just as we, as we dive into real estate a little bit, the other area that IRS restricts IRA investing is you also cannot buy, especially in the case of real estate, buy an asset, like a, like a property that you're intending to live in or that you want to use, or that certain family members are going to use, even if they're going to lease the property from your IRA account there, you know, you, yourself, uh, yourself, your spouse, certain family members are prohibited from having that type of transaction with your IRA account. So when we talk about IRAs buying real estate, it does have to be interactions with third parties that you're buying from or that you're then in turn leasing or selling to.
0: So, and now let's transition into, okay, great. So we've been able to roll our funds out of a, a company or an advisor group that doesn't really necessarily delve in this and we roll it over to Advanta. And now we want to go out there and use it for, for investment purposes for real estate what is the difference between active and passive use? Uh,
1: the active use, if you were, if your IRA is buying the property, an active use would be you wanting to certainly either, A, live in the property, rent it, or if you're looking to, you know, the property needs some some paint, needs some rehab work. Um, you, as, an, your IRA, as the IRA owner, should not be doing that work as well and being that active. So um, you, you're a little bit more passive, you may be directing the activity. So if I find a, a rental property, I can decide who I want to rent it to, what type of maintenance I want to perform on the property, what types of rehabs or repairs to perform, but I need to hire third parties to actually do that work and then have my IRA pay them to do it. So you're active to some extent, but for the most part, you're receiving at that point then passive income. Once you got the property repaired and rehabbed, that rental income flowing back to your IRA is passive income to the IRA, uh, again, which is is what you want coming into your IRA account
0: understood and in terms of just that it almost sounds like active still has a big component of being passive uh within so so for that if you were going to just strictly look at passive investments for real estate the the only component there would be you would not be necessarily picking out the the vendors to do the work or or being responsible for which tenants to come in place would that be correct
1: correct yeah i mean certainly we we've had we have clients who are really all pretty broad spectrum with how active they are with their real estate investments in their IRA. Again, some are out there finding their tenants, helping the tenant sign a lease, arranging for their contractors, arranging for their vendors. Uh, That's on one end of the spectrum. Again, they're not actually doing the work or being paid for it. On the other end of the spectrum, you have individuals who lend money from their IRAs or invest in somebody else's project. Um, like an, an LLC or a partnership where they are a very passive investor where here's my capital, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lend you, or I'm gonna invest 50, 100, $200,000 with you. Here's the money, I'm gonna sit back, you pay me a return. Uh, and that person who's the general partner, who's the more active investor is the one that's doing all the work while the IRA investor simply is providing the capital. Um, and that's, you know, we do a webinar that we call Be the Bank with Your IRA Account. And that's really geared more towards that passive investor who is gonna just sit there put the money in and sit back and wait for the returns. They're not gonna be as actively involved. They're simply providing that capital uh, resource for particular investors.
0: So if I was to use my IRA and go out there and either I have a company that does construction or, or Jason Urusi, self-directed IRA, I wanna go out there and swing the hammer myself, what would be the consequence?
1: If you were to engage in that type of activity, I the IRS considers that to be prohibited. If the IRS were to discover that, hey, I've, you've been involved in that activity, it becomes prohibited and your IRA ceases to be an IRA when that activity took place. So if you buy a property in 2018, you start doing the rehab in 2018 yourself and you're doing, or you're living in the property for instance, the IRS will deem your IRA to have been distributed to you in 2018. Um, So it's fully distributed to you, taxes, penalties. Now the issue, even the bigger issue with this is they're probably not going to discover that activity in 2018. It's not going to be until 2020, 2022. They they, they figure out this has happened. You will have to go back and amend your tax returns And you'll have several years of non-payment of taxes, which can add up with penalties and fines. They can eat up your entire IRA account. So it's a pretty stiff penalty that the IRS has uh, when it comes to this type of investment uh, and this type of prohibited activity. So that's why if your IRA is investing in a property, you need to make sure that the people doing the work are third parties. They're not related to you uh, and that your IRA is paying them to do the work as well.
0: Absolutely. So we've covered some things that we definitely shouldn't go into. Now let's focus on what is some of the most, I I would say routine uses or best uses that you're seeing IRAs for right now in terms of passively investing? Again,
1: I, I, in passive investing for the most part, what we've seen a lot lately has been the situation where your IRA is being the bank and that can take typically one of two forms. Your IRA uh, is maybe the first mortgage holder. So Jason, you're looking to buy a property, you have a down payment, you need to borrow money uh, from on a mortgage instead of going to a bank, you go to a private lender who has money in their IRA account and that private lender simply strokes the check to the title company or the attorney handling the closing and you sign a note and mortgage promising to pay back to the IRA rather than paying back to Wells Fargo or, or Bank of America. So that's certainly that's one way of, of passive investing is simply being a lender and standing in the place of the bank. Another way that we see a lot uh, of individuals lately investing passively is those situations where you have someone raising anywhere between, you know, a half million dollars to five or ten million dollars. They're raising capital from a number of different sources. Individuals who have trust, um, you know, maybe there is some bank financing. Other individuals who have retirement accounts, your IRA can be an owner in that particular partnership. So if someone's selling $50,000 units or they're selling interest in a partnership to develop a large multifamily project or a, a strip center or some type of commercial property, your IRA can be a private investor, and again, a passive investor in that particular, you know—that so you're not finding the property, you're not involved with the day-to-day operations, you're simply placing your money more as an equity owner uh, alongside other people and getting a percentage ownership over the overall partnership or LLC that you're investing in. So those are typically the two passive ways that we see people invest, either as a direct lender or a situation where an individual is investing more on the equity side and getting a percentage of the overall ownership.
0: Okay, let's pick the route of direct lenders. And what I'm looking for here is more timeline and overview. Say someone has their IRA with an outside advisor who doesn't necessarily delve into real estate, and they want to transfer their funds over to an Advanta. And then once it's there, they're looking to lend it out on a project that um, is looking to close in a few weeks. What sure. what should be the anticipated timeline for both both processes w- to get the money into a, a self directed company like Advanta? And once it's there, how readily available is it to use?
1: We we typically tell people the overall time frame is probably anywhere between two and four weeks. Um, getting an account established an individual. Opens up their account. We'll have their IRA opened in a day, and we will send the request to have money transferred from their other custodian uh, as soon as possible as well. Now, the 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 time frame, the lapse. Some custodians we can fax that request to, we'll have funds within a matter of a week, um, which, which is great. Other custodians have a little bit different processes. The funds may not arrive for two to three weeks after that. So usually if you're looking at doing it, you you want to allow for probably at least two to three weeks and get started right away. Um, one of the benefits though, is once we get the IRA opened, we can start working on all the investment paperwork and making sure everything's titled, making sure the clients have have reviewed and approved all the documents Uh, the IRA clown owner is is aware of what's going on. Uh, And then so when the funds do arrive, it's a matter of simply at that point, if we get a wire in from Schwab, on a Wednesday and all the documents are completed, we can wire that money right back out on Thursday. So, from our standpoint, once we have certified funds, it's a matter simply of all the paperwork and documentation being in place, which again, we can be working on that even before we get the funds. So, I And again, what
0: was some of that paperwork?
1: It's, uh, it's again, the paperwork, it's an application to open an account with us uh, is to get the IRA open. Getting the funds transferred is a, you know, a form that we send to a Schwab or Fidelity that gets the account open with us, gets money moved in. And then on the investment side, the paperwork we're looking to see if you're doing a lend uh, as a private lender, we want to see the note. We want to see the mortgage that the borrower is going to sign and have those documents reflect the IRA as the actual owner or and the and the lender on that particular document and we will we have a couple other internal forms the client fills out telling us the terms and we just double-check that the terms that the client has told us you know I'm investing a hundred thousand dollars at eight percent for two years that those same terms are on the note and mortgage that the borrower is ultimately gonna sign
0: and so, I was gonna say and
1: again we, we've seen I've seen a loan, a loan happen within a you know, week to 10 days, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Again, the main component is just how long it takes the other custodian to get the funds to us.
0: And what I'd like to do is we'll transition a little bit into actually the benefit of, if you are raising capital, of using people's IRA to raise capital from? And just because that, that's something you need to account for if you are raising capital, how long the process takes if they are going to want to use their IRA just to transition their funds from, say, a Schwab or Fidelity over to an Advanza or other. What are some of the main advantages you see for someone who's raising capital to source a self-directed IRA from, from investors?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest advantages for someone to, again, if you're raising capital to at least know that this is an option, is when you're talking to potential investors, you might have a number of individuals who are, um, you know, understand what you're doing and see the potential and see the, the potential gains. And they don't realize that they have this bag of money, this old, that old 401k that's been sitting from a previous job or they have an IRA that's just been you know, sitting in a bank doing nothing, a lot of people don't know that self-direction is possible. So anyone listening to this podcast has, has that advantage already, that you know this is possible. But the average individual doesn't know that they can use their 401k, they can use their IRA in this manner. So the advantage to you as a fundraiser and you're looking out to, to grab more capital is letting people know that they have that option. Um, again, you might find people who are already investing with you that are tapped out personally from what they want to invest they would love to you know get involved in your next project but don't feel like they have the funds because again they just don't realize that that IRA that 401k they have uh, is eligible, and I think that's the huge thing that a someone raising capital brings to the table is to show those individuals that they can use that money in a different way. Uh, there are a lot of people out there nervous about the stock market right now, um, so they're just riding it, the ups and downs, and not sure what what's happening next. And other people who've already gotten out of the stock market and put their money earning one percent in a money market at a bank, which they know is not a good long-term strategy, but they don't see any other alternative. So when you introduce this concept to them. You're going to open up a lot more capital that you have access to. Again, if you're if you're already working with a number of investors, just go to them and say, "Hey, I have my next project. I can show you how to make this investment tax-free inside of your IRA account and use that money instead." So that's the that to me is the biggest benefit. Uh, and again, the other thing if you're raising capital. If you're going to private individuals and, and you're either going out, you're asking them for their personal funds or their IRA funds, you're staying away from a bank and all of those um, you know, regulations and the process you have to go to to get approved for a loan. With a self-directed IRA, the only approval you need is from that investor saying, I want to use my IRA. This, now let's have the process just to make it happen. And it's just At that point, it's just a matter of paperwork. There is no approval process that it has to go to from a third party.
0: And a little proof of concept there is we were not familiar with this concept a few years back and someone brought it to our attention that they would like to use our, our, uh, their IRA to invest in one of our projects. It was a concept that we, had, we just were not versed in. We did a little bit of research and we actually since have raised, I think it's about 40% of uh, the funds for projects from self-directed IRAs. So it's just such a powerful thing of what you can do with this. Uh, Just because, just like you said, people have this money sitting in an IRA from past companies or other, sitting there dead, making no money in the bank. Maybe they've seen a dip 20%, then up 10%, then down 15%, no control over it, not able to pick their investments and just at the will of what the advisor group is offering and to allow them the opportunity to put it in an investment that they have more control from the point of actually picking the focus of their investment they're super excited about it and the tax-free element is just another main advantage of this so it is an absolutely useful form and when you talk to your investors tell them about it make them known about it because just like scott said here probably 75 80 percent of people have no idea they can even do this until you bring it to them and then the first question they're going to do is run back to their advisor who's going to tell them some answer of no we can't because they don't offer that. and But you can, and there's a number of outfits out there like Advanta who does, and in all honesty, we direct our clients now to Advanta because they do a great job. And for that, it, it's massively important. You can raise a ton of capital through this platform.
1: Yeah, it is, and I think one of the other things that gets missed, if you're talking to investors and you're having people who are a little hesitant maybe about getting involved, maybe they have that rainy day fund in a savings account um, you know, they have a hundred grand sitting there, but that's their rainy day fund. If that's, if a yep. catastrophe happens in their personal life, they don't want to tie that money up for the next five to 10 years in, in your private investments, So that's why they're a little skittish. But that IRA, that old 401k plan that they're not planning on touching for another 15, 20 years anyhow, that becomes a great investment vehicle for them. That's another reason why people choose to use their IRA is I'm not going to need this money anyway for another 20, 30 years. I'll just put it to use now. And again, and as you mentioned, the people who are skittish about the market, they see the ups and the downs. And if they know that you're paying eight, 10, 12, whatever your return is, you know, getting back to them consistently, they'll take that bet and say, I'll just take that. I'll be happy with that. Not worry then about what happens in in the stock market, what happens around the world that's affecting my 401k. Again, that I have no control over.
0: Awesome. And in terms of Advanta as a company, is there anything that you're working on right now actively uh, for possibly improving customer experience or any other platform?
1: We are. We're, all, we're launching very soon a customer portal or a client portal where you can go right into your online system, make changes to your account, uh, issue checks. If, if you are somebody who's buying a rental property personally um, and you need a, a check paid, you know you can go right into the portal, type in how much, who to send it to, hit a button, and that's all you need to do to submit it. Um, that's certainly one uh for the actual IRA owners, for people who are raising capital, we also can do um, landing pages. Uh, We can do some templated, you know, some PDF flyers that uh, we brand with your logo, your information. If you want to use it to uh, raise capital and you want to have some information on an IRA account, we provide that free of charge as well. So we can do a a private landing page. You can place it on your website. You can send it out an email for people to here's how to invest your IRA with us we'll put some information about you, your contact information, again, your logo. Uh, we host that landing page, but you use it to help again, just inform your people that you're talking to about what they can do with their IRA accounts. So again, that's very easy to get. All you need to do is contact me. We'll get that process going.
0: And in regards to transferring over funds, if someone is they want to put their toe in the water and not dive all in, do they have to transfer over the entire IRA when they do this?
1: No, and that's another thing, again, I think that people get misconstrued, you know, that either an advisor or just in, in their own mind, they think about it. I have, say, $300,000 in my Schwab account, and I want to invest $100,000 with you. Then just move the $100,000 over. You're allowed to move uh, whatever amounts between IRAs and as often as you'd like. So if I had three hundred grand, I can move 100000 now to make an investment. A year from now I can move another hundred thousand or if the investments pay off move the money back and forth. you have that freedom and flexibility self direction is not an all or nothing proposition and in fact most of our clients have IRAs not only with us investing you know in a piece of real estate or some other alternative, but they do maintain an IRA account that is you know in a CD maybe it's in a, in a brokerage account as well and they just transfer money back and forth that is certainly possible to do
0: awesome and In regards to the self-directed IRA platform, is there anything we haven't covered or anything that we've missed in terms of focusing on?
1: No, I mean, again, I think the important thing is for people just to understand that this is possible, and don't feel like you have to know all the answers. That's that's what we're here for. To, uh, if you have someone who's interested, or you yourself are interested, call us. We'll answer the questions for you. Um, again, you just key thing to remember is that uh, you can't. This isn't for buying your your second home, your vacation home, your residence. This has to be. It's strictly for investment, which I'm sure a lot of people listening. To uh, this podcast, or are listening for their investment standpoint, and the other thing to remember with uh, the self-directed IRA and the thing that we don't do at Advanta is we don't do due diligence on investments. So when when an individual comes to us and wants to invest their IRA into a syndicated deal or a private placement or that single-family home. Our job is to process the paperwork, make sure everything gets properly titled. It is not to evaluate the investment for suitability for the different investors. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind. And we do tell everyone up front, hey, we are simply just the administrators and record keepers. You find the investment. That is what self-directed is. uh, And then you reap the benefits from doing so.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. That's a great point right there. In regards to reaching out to you, if investors want to reach out to you and learn more about your platform or even get on a call with a potential investor that may be investing in one of them, what would be the best way to reach out to you, your company? Sure.
1: Best uh, multiple ways. Obviously, you can go to www.advantaira.com. Uh, you can reach me directly. Our number is 800 800- 425-0653. My direct extension is 1123. You can reach me directly that way. So either reach out on the website. We have a lot of great uh, webinars and events that you can, you can attend online, a lot of great information. We have a good YouTube page. That's at advantaira.com or again, just call me 800-425-0653 and my extension is 1123.
0: Awesome. Scott, this has been hugely informational. I definitely, if you're listening today, go out there and check this out. It can make a wealth of difference. One in your investing side for you personally, but two also, if you are raising capital, this is definitely a source of capital you should tap into. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me on today. Awesome. And this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you so much again to Scott and thank you for all of you listening out there. Have a great day.